Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature. It should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I did not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My description of the crime scenes or what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Today, I'm going to be starting a new series on a case that I worked myself, and it has to be a series, y'all, because there's so many different parts to the story than what you're going to hear just on this opening episode today. But I'm going to call it Progression. Okay? And let's, let's get started. Stay tuned for some, some announcements at the end of the show, real-life, real-crime announcements. So Progression. On March the 10th, 2006, I was working as the detective for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. It was a Friday afternoon, I remember it was cold. It was one of those gray, cold March days. And having been working on the day shift, I think my partner was Calvin Bowden, Detective Calvin Bowden at the time. On Friday afternoon, you're really not trying to get into too much after you do regular court and, you know, what have you. Maybe you go arrest somebody on warrants or you're working on a case. As long as you're not working blood on the ground or a rape or something like that, you're really not trying to get into too much on a Friday because you know you're going to be off on the weekend, and unless you were the detectives working nights and you had to cover the weekend. But I know I was I was on days, and I lived in Watson, Louisiana at the time, and I just remember it being that cold day. And it's my least favorite time of the year is after hunting season. And it's too cold to fish and just a windy, chilly, blustery day. But I was sitting in my office, and the phone rings, and, and Tina Stafford now, Tina Stafford Pearson, said, y'all, there's an armed robbery, a 64G, at the King's Dry Cleaner in Watson. I'm like, what the fuck? It's just around, I guess around 2 o'clock, a little bit after 2 o'clock. Well, you, that King's, y'all, it happened to be my dry cleaners, okay? I went there. Almost every day. Remember, I told you we wore coat and ties, and you know we had to dress up every day in detectives. Well, part of that was, and you know, shit, I had to take my shit to be dry clean. And so, so I went there so much, in fact, and so close to my house that not only did I know the people that worked there, but I had my own outside locker because a lot, a lot of times I'd get up early in the morning before going to work, and I'd swing through there and you know pick up whatever clothes were left over. I had, I guess, say I had a revolving account. But the Kings was located in the shopping center. I think it was Key Point or something like that. The name, I don't know what it is now. That area is so grown up. But the Kings was the last building on like a, a strip row 
but they had a, a drive-through section, okay? And and if you were sitting in the drive-through where the Kings was on your left, you looked to the right, and there was another building, a standalone building, and that was the, I think it was a mortgage company or something, but those are the people who owned that property also, so everybody that in there was their tenants. But So we get to call the 64G, the armed robbery, and we roll out, right? I mean, that's just as serious as you can get other than rape or murder. And so we roll out in force. Now, I'm going to digress a little bit and tell you what happened that day, okay? That mortgage building company I was telling you about stated that, I shouldn't use names, I guess it wouldn't matter. And this is all a matter of public record, y'all, obviously, so... But I'm not going to use the names anyway, so it doesn't matter. Then, And I'll explain to you why at the end of the episode what they did to me. The mortgage, one of the real estate agents that ran that mortgage company or uh, worked out of that building was talking to one of their tenants in the inside the lobby when a black male walked up, opened the door. He's approximately six foot one, had on a black hoodie, a sweatshirt, in I think like blue jean pants and tennis shoes, and he said, "Yo, can I use the bathroom?" And the real estate agent was like, "Yeah, it's it's right back there," and pointed to where it was. Now at the same time, these two females that had been conversing, uh, you know, looked outside and saw there was a black female dressed in whatever capri pants or in some type of sweatshirt, but she was short, heavy set black female and she stayed outside but it says she kind of was like looking around and the black male came in and he went straight back to the bathroom but they said he almost immediately came walked right back past him and walked out the door much too short of a time to use the restroom to go in and use the bathroom but they thought it was kind of odd right and really didn't think anything else about it the Black male and the black female then proceeded down that row. That offices. There were, it was a bunch of different things in that complex, y'all. There was Kings was on the end. Then there was like a fabric shop or or design shop or something, if I remember correctly. Then there was I don't know. There was like a, a restaurant thing in the front of that, and it's like a sh- shopping center row. The last one was it was a credit union. I can't remember the name of it right now. But it's, but it's that long row. And the, it's a really busy area. It's a really busy, a lot of cars in and out, people pulling in and out to these di- different businesses, et cetera. So the black male and the black female walk away. Well, these two ladies keep talking inside. And remember, one of them was a tenant, and I think she had the fabric shop. And then they end up to their discussion, and the lady drives over to, she goes outside and gets in a vehicle and she drives over and parks in front of her store, I mean, the fabric store, I think it was. And what when she's driving over, what does she see? She sees the black male and the black female coming from the far end of the shopping center by the credit union and walking her way. But what are they doing? They're stopping as it, at each individual store and they're looking into the glass front, storefront windows. This kind of set her off a little bit, not all, but I mean, she thought it was strange. Here you are, why don't you just go in? You just came in, the mortgage company's thing and asked you to use the bathroom, but you didn't stay for a second. And now it's been 10 or 15 minutes later, and here you are on the far end, walking back towards me, looking into the store windows. And she was like, hmm, you know, and so she gets out, and uh, she waited for them to pass by, and they they walk by looking, definitely looking in the store windows, and then she gets out and she goes inside her store. Well, around two o'clock, the clerk for Keens, my dry cleaners, was tagging clothes and on her on the phone in the store in the in the front. The King story, y'all, when you walk in, that I told you that driveway was the driveway. The uh, drive through was to the right of it if you're facing it. When you walk in, the counter's like immediately there. There's no seating or whatever. That's It's the counter. Clerk stands behind the counter, and you got this big-ass room in the back full of all the clothes that are hanging on the racks, 
right? I, I don't think they necessarily processed all the clothes there and did all the dry cleaners there. I think they picked them up and shipped them some of them to other places and brought them back or whatever. But you know how it is when you go in dry cleaners and have those racks that spin around and all that shit, right? So she's behind a counter, and the black male comes in, same one, the hoodie, six six foot one, skinny, and he says, "Hey, can I use your your restroom?" She said, "Yeah, okay," and and points towards uh, the back of the store. So he goes, and she's still tagging clothes and is on the phone. And she looks outside because they have the big glass window, right? The Keens does. And she sees the black female, the same one that I described to you earlier, short, heavyset black female, standing outside, kind of looking around to the left, of, not facing the store. She would look over her shoulder at the store, and she would look back out, and she's looking around, almost like she's scanning the parking lot. And... At that second, the worker, the King's employee, is on the phone. And she says, you know what, let me hang up. And she's thought, you know, this I just let this dude in the back of my store. I don't know anything about him. I let him in and use the bathroom, right? This lady was a young, I mean, I think she was like 21 years old, hardworking, going to school, doing all this, and holding down a full-time job. Niceness of her heart. On a cold day, she lets a stranger in and use the bathroom. She goes to turn around and Boom, as pistol in her face, and immediately starts screaming, give me your fucking money, give me your fucking money, give me your money. Now, if you've ever had a pistol put in your face, what they call tunnel vision is absolutely true. And the pistol could be the size, uh, it could be a little bitty small 22 with a little bitty small barrel, and you're looking down it, it's going to look like a howitzer cannon, okay? The, the, all you're going to be focused on is that barrel, and it looks huge. Believe me, I've, I've been there, all right? They call that tunnel vision. But the same time, this poor girl who's never done any harm to anybody, all she's doing is trying to work and make a living, is being screamed in the face, bitch, give me your money, this fucking robber, give me your money, I'll blow your fucking brains out. What do you do? You're either going to fight, flight, or freeze. Thank God she chose to freeze up. And then he continues give her, giving her the loud verbal commands, give me your fucking money, give me your fucking money. And she did. She opened the register. She gave him like 75 bucks, I think it was. And he grabbed her, and he said, bitch, holding the gun to her head, he said, I want more money. And she said, well, there's a safe in the back of the store. And so he forcefully takes her back there, gun to the head, gets her to the safe, and she's able to take out like 75 more bucks or it was a small amount of money. Y'all, most of the things were done on credit cards, but she gave them everything, and she should have. You know, you find yourself in a situation, do whatever the hell they tell you to do because if you put up any kind of resistance, then, you you know, dead people can't testify, right? If you do, most robbers don't have the true intention of killing, at least when they start out. Don't have the true intention to kill, so comply, and she complied, and then what happened was, ding, ding, the door go, goes off to the Kings, which means somebody just came in the store, and he told her, he said, bitch, you stay here, or I'm gonna kill you. And and, and he goes, and he, and he basically runs out of the store you know, in a hurry. And the guy that had just walked in the store was a customer for Keens, right? And he didn't know what was going on. He just saw this black male walking out, and but he also saw there was nobody in eyesight in the store. And he finally called out to her. And the victim now of the 64G, this armed robbery, comes out and she's crying. She's like, he just robbed me, he just robbed me. And so this guy, I guess you call him a hero, and, and it was like, the guy that just left, and she said, yeah, he just robbed me. He just robbed me. He runs outside, and approximately a minute or two have gone by, and he shit, he's looking for me. He knows what he looks like, and and I don't know what he thought the hell he was going to do. Maybe he should have <laughs> maybe he should have said, uh, how did he rob you? Was it with a knife? Was it with a pistol? You know, because if you're running outside chasing a dude that's got a pistol and you don't have one, that might be an issue, right? This guy might be a three— 
time convicted felon or two time convicted felon looking at life in People have been killed for a lot less, right? And Sergeant Vicki Wax had killed Baton Rouge City Police Department, 30-plus year veteran, was working extra duty detail at a Walmart, and a dude was stealing a $10 DVD, and she called him, and he would have been a third-time felon. He disarmed her, took her weapon, and, and he killed her in line, line of duty. And rest in peace, Sergeant Wax. But what I'm telling y'all, shit's real, okay? This is real life, real crime. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. If, if if shit goes down, sugar turns to shit, let that motherfucker go. Don't be a hero. John Wayne is dead heroes, right? Just let him go. Call 911. Let the cops do what they do. Anyway, so he runs outside, and he's looking around. He can't find him. Well, meanwhile, right before they had gone in, another guy had pulled up and actually observed the black male go in the store and the black female standing outside. And at the same time, the the real estate agent that had been uh, talking to the lady earlier when he comes in and asks to use the bathroom, I was actually driving over to check on another tenant when she pulled up and then she saw the guy running out of the store. He's like, hey, they just got they just got robbed. She goes in to check on her. They call 911. Boom, we're, we're going to roll out, right? So what do you do? On that that high traffic of an area, you know you're going to have a shit ton of witnesses. You're going to have a bunch of people, and you got to work it. Some In a lot of ways, these armed robberies like this are harder to work than homicides because of, you know, the, I told you prisons are full of dumbasses, right? And the smart ones are not going to go in and put their hands on the counter where you can get DNA and stuff like that, whatever the case in their places. Obviously, the, these this couple was walking around checking things out. But what do you do? It's, it's, it's hard on law enforcement. First of all, God and everybody's going to respond. It's going out to all uniform patrol guys. We're getting called as detectives. Everybody in the world's responding to this area. They're going to try to set up a perimeter. It's a big deal. We know that they were on foot. That's the initial call. Now, look, when 911 takes the call, they're like, okay, tell me what happened. And, you know, the the victim says, hey, this is what happened. They just, you know, put a gun to my head and he robbed me. Can you give me a description? Well, guess what? She really couldn't. She couldn't because you know why? Tunnel vision. Real life, real crime. Hey, y'all, you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? Well, you're not alone. Many of us do. Me, personally, I can never go to sleep. I lay there, toss and turn, and sometimes even my legs will start aching at night. I'll have to take some medicine for it or whatever. That was until I found Feels. Feels is a premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. I take a couple of drops under my tongue at night before I go to bed, y'all, and it helps me slide into that good sleep, and I wake up feeling refreshed, no hangover. There's no addiction to it. I don't have to have it. I'm I'm talking about on nights where I can't sleep, right? Feels helps me. Also, if my legs are hurting or, or I have muscle aches or whatever, I can take just a couple drops of feels, and it helps ease the pain and take it away. There's no high, no addiction, no hangover. Feels naturally helps you with all these things. You can feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important, and everybody's dose is different. So leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so. You may need to take more or less to get the effects you're after. If you're new to CBD, Fields offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Fields works naturally to help you feel better. No high hangover or addiction. Join the Fields community to get Fields delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Fields has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to fields.com slash RLRC and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. 
That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash R-L-R-C to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash R-L-R-C. Looking down, you know, having that gun put to your head, that's the only thing she was focused on. But later on, she was able to give us the identification of the female who was standing outside She's standing there tagging clothes, still on the phone. And the way she saw that female, black female looking around, it threw her for a loop. And she's like, uh, something's wrong. And that's when she hangs up and boom, turns around the guns in her face. So we respond. I know uh, Brian Paul responded, uh, Detective Smith, Calvin, uh, Detective Vic Marler. Basically on a call like that, everybody's going. All detectives are going. But Calvin and I got there first and... I think Calvin got there like a couple minutes before me. Uh, but when I got there, Calvin comes out. He's like, look, she, you know, she got robbed, et cetera. So what do we do? We huddle up. All right. Perimeter's being set up. They're going to call out SRT and everything else. This is the description that we have thus far. Now, what do we do as detectives? Well, first of all, we're roping off the, the Keens area. And I mean, you can't rope off this whole gigantic parking lot. It's got 100 cars in it, Right. And it's a, it's a lot of businesses and a, and a lot of potential witnesses. So we divide up, divide and conquer. Calvin stayed at Keene's. I went and, and started talking to other people. Of course, people were coming up at that time when they see us. They're like, hey, I saw such and such, saw such and such. So we had to divide and conquer and start taking statements, right? And we got some humdingers. The, the eyewitnesses, every single one of them, um, including the the real estate agent said, "Hey, look, dude just came in my store, walked in, and asked to use the bathroom. And told him where it was, but he turned around and came right back out. And I said, well, who was there in your store?' And she said, "Well, what happened when he walked past me? There were several, not agents, maybe they were agents, maybe secretary. Said I don't know, and one male that were all." that could be seen. So he walks back to go to the bathroom. What does he do? He looks to the right and sees all these people. He's like, fuck that. I'm not robbing these cats, right? They, he was looking for a victim of opportunity. He immediately saw that there were too many people for him to handle by himself with, with one pistol. And he turns around and he leaves, right? He's hunting. He's hunting. He's looking. He's, he's you know, had it on his fucking mind that he was going to rob somebody. So remember, he leaves then, right? So we got all those witnesses in there. The lady that owned the fabric store that was talking to the, the manager in that place. Then the lady at the fabric store, she tells her part. She gives the same description, which we bolo that, be on the lookout for this to everybody, right? That, uh, this description of these two people. And she gives a beautiful description. Same thing. He walked in, but guess what? She drives back to her store. She sees them coming down the row peering into the windows. The dude's literally leaning up against, putting his hands up without touching the windows, looking in to see who's in the store, right? Gets the Keens, and our victim is the only one behind the counter, and he says, it's time to get it on, right? So we get, we're getting all these different uh, witness statements, and it's rolling on. Well, guess what happened? I get to the corner and as the credit union, I think it's Key Point Federal or something like that. I'm like, oh, fuck, I know they got cameras, right? So we go in, I go in and talk to the manager, and she's like, you know what? I don't have the ability to pull the tape, but we can call our people and get them to come in and, and you know, play it back for you, whatever. I said, look, I'm going to need that. I'd be obviously they came from this direction, you know, one of your cameras is going to pick them up. Can you please call this person? So y'all, this is all going on now. This started at two o'clock. Now it's probably five o'clock or later. We've got numerous eyewitnesses. We've got to get statements from the perimeter set up. And it was a big deal. A lot of people were calling in, the public called in, the news made it out to it, et cetera. We got one tip on, on something and it, and it just like on a homicide, on a case like this, you'll get tips that come in, and some of them are bullshit. There was one lady that was like, uh, somebody, I don't remember who went to it, but the, she was like, oh, that was my boyfriend that robbed that place. Um, da 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 and gave his name. Well, guess what? It, the, this some bitch is locked up somewhere. She just said it because she, you know, 
still had a hard one for her boyfriend from the last time they had a fight. I mean, he literally, he was locked up in jail in East Baton Rouge, but that these leads had to be worked down. Shit, it's an armed robbery. I'll tell you something, you get convicted for an armed robbery in the state of Louisiana, you are fucked. It's up to 99 years, and I think the minimum's like 40. Because you do, guess what? You do an armed robbery, it's a legitimate armed robbery, you're gonna get that 99 years. And that means you're gonna die in prison. So what do we do? Keep working it, collect all of the witness statements and go on. Now, you know that time of year it gets dark early, right? So I just remember it not being able to find the people. Not There were no other stores that had cameras. Well, they, there were some that had cameras, but there weren't any that, that had the right view of the parking lot or whatever. I mean, we cased the shit out of it, right? We talked to every swinging Tom, Dick, and Harry and Sally in the place checked out each individual business. Some of them had seen them come to the window, but they really couldn't identify other than it was, you know, tall, skinny, black male, whatever. But we're looking for cameras. We're looking for eyewitnesses and, you know, waiting on the bank people to get there. Well, the bank closes at whatever time, like six or something, but they were waiting. Their their, their branch manager from wherever came in, plus they were waiting on their IT guy to get there. And finally, we're wrapping up all the smaller stuff, and it's getting late. It's dark now. Their IT guy got there, and they were able to pull up the video. So Calvin and I are watching, but here's the problem. Fucking had the wrong time stamp and date on the video. That's not insurmountable, y'all. But the history of these armed robberies and these murders, like, shouldn't until death do us part, Popeye's. Best camera system in the world. Motherfucker wasn't turned on, right? The It's the same thing you find time after time in these small businesses. The Either the cameras weren't on or, you know, the some bitches pointed at the wall. Uh, you know, it's just, but this one, this is a bank. And, and what, I mean, I told you an armed robber store of, uh, of the bank in Auburn, fucking cameras weren't working. Shit, I told you, if I'd, if I'd have known that, I'd robbed them myself that day. You can go in, put a mask on, and get away with it. But this bank... At least their shit was working, okay? Cameras showing all the, you know, the inside of the lobby. It was a, it had a drive-through thing or, or drive-around thing, but it also had a lobby. Uh, but it was a real small bank, you know, size of any other store in the shopping center. And it was on the very end. And But great camera footage inside. And But the one camera I was interested in showed the back alleyway behind this long row of businesses, before you get to the end of the Keens drive-through, is an alleyway. You could drive a vehicle around there, obviously, to to go past the credit union or whatever. Well, guess what? We were able to play it back. Boom, bitches got them walking behind the shopping center, pulling on back doors. All right, but you can only see them for a few seconds. But they were pulling on back doors. Well, then we do. We go try to get fingerprints and, and DNA and stuff off the doorknobs or whatever. But you get them, but the video is shitty. It's good enough where you can see it, it's, a, it's a tall dude in a hoodie, a black guy in a hoodie, and you can see it's a little short, heavy set. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing she was a female. I mean, you could. she was so heavy set that, uh, I don't know. Her breasts could have been considered man boobs, I guess you want to call them, whatever. But they, they're coming from the direction of that realtor company. They're coming, and they're checking doors, and they're walking. What they, what did they do? They walk around the end of the credit union, and they come back, walking back, peering in windows, headed toward the, the ultimate victim, which would have been Keens. So we took that, even though it was grainy, the, the date and the timestamp was wrong, that we got them to download that, and then Calvin and I go, and we took it to all the news stations, gave them the clip of the video. Hey, put it on the news, right? Nobody's going home, detective-wise. So we had to take it to the uh, Channel 2, Channel 9, and 33, all of them which were located in Baton Rouge. We were able to get it on, I think, that night for like the 10 o'clock news. I mean, it's kind of an emergency deal. They broke out with it. They showed the video of these two suspects walking from behind the thing. If anybody could identify them, please call it in. 
And I'm thinking, you know what, we got a really good shot here, y'all, because the the video was bad, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, the the this girl, the the female suspect, definitely had a certain waddle to her walk, if you will. I'm figuring these these motherfuckers from around here, we're gonna get blown up, right? News goes off, nothing, not one fucking phone call comes in. Okay. We got no vehicle description, if if they even came in on vehicle. Somebody else could have dropped them off, right? We got a tons of eyewitnesses. We got a, a, a good victim. We've got their ass, but you don't know who they are. And where do you start? I mean, it truly is a whodunit, especially when it runs on the media. Now, y'all, 2006, I think MySpace or some shit might have been out. Facebook might have been started, but it, there was no social media like it is now where you can just instantly put something out and everybody in the world sees it. It doesn't work like that. You get your news, you're getting that shit. Back then, it was 5 o'clock, the early news, 6 o'clock p.m., and then 10 o'clock was the late news, which most people never watch that shit anyway. But we ran it, and we got dick. But, I mean, it wasn't for lack of work, and it worked the shit out of it. And at some point, you got to ease up on, on the perimeter and send everybody home when you realize, hey, these, these cats are long gone. What do you do? I mean, it's as serious as crime as could be. You just keep it in the media, right? And but then you have to think. What I did was I started thinking, started getting the mindset of the criminal. That's so why I, I love the criminal mind. It always fascinated me. I'm like, you know, what the fuck? You know, what makes somebody tick? All right, they didn't. They weren't acting like they were high. They weren't acting strung out. They weren't acting like dopers looking for their next fix. But I'm thinking, why would you pick this spot in northern Livingston Parish and, uh, to do a robbery? Especially in the y'all, this is not a racial thing. I'm just telling you the truth. That it, up in that end of uh, uh, Livingston Parish, I don't know how it is now, but back then there was almost, I think it was almost all, white people uh, and so the, the coming in if you were from there it's just unheard of okay and so they already had attention to them drawn to them just because it was mostly white people that were there like I'm, I said I'm thinking like 99% and but then you do this I'm, st- I'm trying to figure out why why do you choose this location you choose a location uh, if I'm going to do it I'm going to choose a location where it's a quick getaway there's an interstate nearby or several interstates nearby and shit like that. This wasn't like that. This is fucking Highway 16 in Watson, and the traffic is a motherfucker. That the I mean, you you ain't you're not doing dick up there in the daylight hours without you know ten thousand people watching you. It was really growing. It's really growing up now. I mean, it's before they even had a Walmart up uh, up there. That but still, it was really heavily populated. A lot of foot traffic. Everybody in the world is going to see you. Why would you choose that location? Real life, real crime. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I know it's taken me time to get used to y'all to going to meetings again and catching flights and stuff like that. And it just stresses me out. If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, you're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. Y'all, I use Talkspace. It's an online counselor program. And if I need to talk to somebody and just blow off steam about anxiety or whatever, they're there for me. So whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist and they can help you make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop tools to cope in difficult times. Talkspace works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. Thousands of licensed therapists are available for you to match with. Talkspace therapists are experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more, 
to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code REALCRIME. That's $100 off when you use code REALCRIME at Talkspace.com. And I was thinking about it like the next day, and I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. We, you know, different things would come in and, and looked at it. We ran it several more times, and then just pretty much put ourselves on call for the weekend. The next week starts. We get, don't have anything to go on. Yeah, we got we got descriptions. We got no possible suspects, no possible way to ID them, nothing unless somebody calls in a tip. And guess what? Nobody called in a fucking thing. Period. What happens? Monday comes. Guess what? I probably got five or six subpoenas for court. Tuesday, same thing. Wednesday, same thing. I'm in court every day on motions to suppress or search warrant returns or whatever it may be from different cases I'm working. Guess what's still happening? Now, I still got blood hitting the ground in different places, rapes going on, working other cases. At some point, for lack of a better term, even though it was quick, this bitch went cold, and it, but it never left my mind. And I just, I didn't believe that they were from there, okay? And, and, and but why pick 16 North and Watson, you know? And if you're gonna rob someone, in a way, they were a little bit more, I guess you would say, smarter and in and, and the, Robbery and the, and the choice of the victim. At the same time, they were. It was like to me they were immature as, as robbers. Right? They showed some signs of intelligence on the fact that when they would go in, in or the male would go in, and immediately once he sees there's too many people in the business to handle by himself. Right? And he's got a what a lookout though. Right? They and then they're following, but they didn't know what they wanted to hit. All they knew is they wanted to hit a lick. But they were smart enough about it where they didn't just run into the first 7-Eleven and, and pull a gun and rob somebody. They, so that showed me that they were smart enough, but that they were still youngsters in the robbery game. And time marches on, okay? The days slip by. Other cases have worked. And this one, we had nothing and a week goes by, then two weeks, and shit, I think it was March the 29th, which was what? Now, it was the first one's 10th. So 19 days later, I am at my desk in the detective's office. Now, I had two different areas that I worked out of. I had my polygraph room, which is where I was most of the time, even, and that we use that as the interview room, et cetera. But I had the, the general detective office where all the detectives sit and they have their own desk. And so you're working in the same area and the secretary sits in that area, et cetera. And I think it was around lunchtime and got a call or the secretary, uh, Tina got a call and, and she said, where was it at? And she wrote it down and she hangs up and she said, Hey, she said there was just an armed robbery in Albany. Louisiana, and, and Vic's going to go work it. Uh, that a lady got robbed at gunpoint. I said, okay, you know, cool. Does he need any assistance? I think somebody else, some blue and whites, had already been on the scene. But what happened was, oh, actually, I didn't know all the details at the time, but the the Vic worked it. This, this elderly lady got robbed, not only at gunpoint, but they put a gun inside her mouth. All right? And... All they got away with was her purse. But I didn't know those details at the time. Later on, Vic came in and he was like, bro, and he said, let me tell you what happened. He said this lady was coming back from shopping and she lived on a service road right close to the interstate. And she said that she noticed a car was following her and she lived in, in a, um, a home. You pull in and she didn't have any na immediate neighbors. And she gets out and uh, she's got some dogs in the yard, they're on chains or whatever, and they're barking, and the black male gets out, tall. She's, this lady actually says she, she thought it was two black males in the car, one short, fat one, 
in the passenger seat and a tall, skinny one who came around to her and said, hey, hey, ma'am, we're from New Orleans. We're from the Ninth Ward, and we lost. Well, in Albany, that's only about, it's only about, shit, three or four miles from the Interstate 55 meets Interstate 12, okay? And and 55 runs south, and you hang a left and go to New Orleans, whatever. It's a high, I mean, it's a, it's close enough that that could have been possible, right? But he said, we're from the Ninth Wars and we're lost. And can you tell us how to get back to the interstate? And this is a nice, sweet lady, y'all. And and I would end up spending some time with her later. And I'll tell you about that in next week's episode. But she was like, yeah, okay. And she's talking to him. She's a country lady, just, just a real sweetheart. And they talked for like five or 10 minutes. I mean, it was that long. And, and just making a general conversation. And then... Then Vic said, he pulled, she said, well, you know what? I got to get my dogs in. I got to get in. She was coming back from shopping or whatever. And she's got to get in. And he pulls fucking pistol, puts it to her head, and tries to steal her purse. And he said, bitch, give me keys. And he's trying to steal her purse. And then she resisted. He knocks her to the ground and gets on top of her and puts the gun in her mouth. Now, I'm going to tell you this. There's no need for all that bullshit unless you're going to kill somebody. And I totally believe it was a progression and evolution. I would believe this guy would, would have blown her brains out. and But he wanted her car keys, and he wanted her purse. The passenger, she hears the passenger say, just get the fucking purse and let's go. Just get the fucking purse and let's go. And she still thinks it's a male. Get the purse and let's go. And so he ends up yanking the purse off of her, and they jump in the car, and they speed away. Vic goes and takes a statement. You know, there's a small gray car, and he had done a bolo for it, et cetera, and he got the statements from her. I forget what detective went and insisted him on that. But I was in the office when he's telling me this, and I'm like, you said that it was, she said it was two males? And, she, and he said, yeah, definitely two males, a, a tall, skinny one, and, and then the other one never got out of the car, but she said it was a fat dude, a little a short fat dude with some kinky hair. And I was like, man, that's just strange, right? You know, I mean, now Albany, y'all, is on the exact opposite end. You, there's, you can't get any further away from that where the Keens got robbed in Livingston Parish, at least from east to west. You can't get any further away. And... What gave pause or threw it off was the the victim was adamant that it, it was two black males. And so I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I said, you know what, Vic? I said, we had that fucking robbery up in Watson. He's like, nah, it ain't going to be the same people. It's two dudes. I said, yeah, but what, what has she got it wrong? You know, eyewitnesses are the, are the worst in the, when you have guns pulled on you, right? I mean, in that moment, shit. But I mean, plus the, the dude never got out of the car. But he said, uh, she said it was a guy, definitely a guy. And even, you know, the way that the um, the person talked. I'm thinking, hmm, you know, I, I, what's the possibilities? It's now it's been 19 days since our armed robbery with, with the male and the female, uh, uh, black male, black female. And she didn't, this victim, the elderly lady, didn't get a license plate or anything like that, right? But she damn well could identify him if she saw him again. And I'm sitting there thinking, what, what are the chances of that? And I'd walk down to my other office, and I came back up, and Tina was on the phone again. And she hung up, and, I said, and she said, hey. I said, what? She said, just had an, an attempted kidnapping, definitely a carjacking and an armed robbery in the city of Denham Springs. I said, what's the description? He said, it was a, a tall, skinny, black male, about six foot one. And I'm like, nah, fuck it. There's no such thing as a total, total coincidence, right? We need to roll the fuck out. At it. But before we could even leave the office, before I could find somebody to ride with me, Denham Springs City had called in 
and one of uh, somebody had gone to a car wash there and on top of the trash can, because I guess they were too fucking lazy to you know hide it or throw it over a bridge or whatever, on top of the trash can was a purse with a broken strap. And the officer that responded to reclaim that some good citizen reported it because it had the driver's license and some identification from the sweet little old lady in Albany. Now, I'm almost positive that all three of these are going to be related. How do you put it together? You work the fuck out of it. That's what you do. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But it doesn't stop there, y'all. Tune in next week for more crimes and what happened on this case. And it's a good one. So the at, really at this point, I have nothing definitively to say that that any of them are connected, other than geographically on that same day when the sweet little lady gets robbed, they end up taking her purse. But I can't connect that to Keens. It's two males versus a male and a female, right? Two totally separate ends of the parish, 19 days apart. Then another carjacking, attempted carjacking. I'll tell you what happened on that one real quick. They, the black male rolls up on this lady, puts, puts the gun to her head, puts it in her mouth. Bitch, scoot over. I'm taking your shit. And, and he's, he's going to hold her hostage, right? And he's like, I mean, it's, it's been a progression. If, if these are all connected, it's a progression. He's getting more and more violent. Bitch, you know what? Fuck that. I'll tell you the right, that next week because that's really important. I want you to hear how this violence has escalated in how I worked the case. Uh, if it's all the same people, if you would put it all together, I'll tell you what Woody Overton did. And I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Stay tuned for next week for part two and probably the conclusion of progression, evolution. Some announcements real quick. Love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you so much for helping us grow. If you get a chance, go like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you know we're part partners with Cloud 10 Media and iHeartRadio now, but we are on every single platform in the world that you can listen to a podcast on. So take a moment and go hit the subscribe button wherever it is you listen to your podcast. And that way when I drop an episode, you'll automatically get it downloaded and you'll be notified when it comes out. That way, if we take a week off or something like that happens, then you'll know about it, right? Or you'll just know that you don't have to do anything. Uh, you don't have to ask, hey, when's the next one coming if you're subscribed? So guess what? I can't say now what I used to say. Yeah, I forget all the podcaster shit because well, guess what? I've been doing it going on almost a couple months away from three years. So now I got to start saying this stuff and being responsible. <laughs> Subscribe us, like us, uh, all our social media. It's all love. You, you, you know, we're everywhere. Thirty six thousand on the crew page. One page alone on Facebook. We have like seven. But better than that, y'all, is the real life, real crime community app. It's in the App Store. We're the only true crime show that has its own app. That is a community. It is better than the crew page. It is better than our Lanyap page. It's better than our Twitter and Instagram and all that bullshit because it's all together. And I'm in there every day. The first thing I do when I wake up is post and go in there and read. And and the you know lifers that are swapped over is download. It's free. Download it for free. If you choose to up your uh, subscription and be like a Patreon, we call them convicts on this app, that's great. If you don't, that's great too. But guess what? The shit, the free shit in there is better than what anything you'll ever get on, on, on the crew page or all our pages combined. It's news articles. It's it's forums that you could talk in just like the crew page or Lanyap. You know, we have different ones for each thing. Karen's Cases, uh, where uh, Karen Ortolano puts out all these great stuff, crimes daily. So, uh, we have, it's everything. And the biggest deal is it's not censored. The only censoring done on 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 the community app is by me. 
Woody Overton. On the other hand, I get censored by Facebook every freaking day because somebody did a post about whatever, you know, that now their big thing is, is, uh, Checking facts, some you know, and I'm sure there's haters in the group that fucking complain and say whatever, and we get warnings, whatever. But so the I also have been sanctioned as a moderator of the page, and all what I don't give a fuck. You're not going to censor me. The app is there. The app is love. It's more professionally done than anything on Facebook. It's free. Go subscribe to it. Go to the App Store, Real Life Real Crime Community app. Download it for free participate for free. If you want all the bonus episodes, you want these videos of me recording, you want the early releases and the commercial-free releases, that's great. You you can subscribe. It's just like being a patron with Colin Convex. Patron members, the the swap over process to to be a convict, just email. A lot of y'all get it, but a lot of you don't. Some of you having problems. This is no problem. A problem is nothing but the next solution, right? Just email Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I, at realliferealcrime.com or hit her up on Messenger on Facebook, and I promise you she'll take care of it. It hurts my heart when I see, oh, so, you know, we do a new patron early release or whatever, and somebody's like, oh, I can't get logged in. Well, guess what? It is a new deal. The app is still a new baby, right, in, 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 the, in the grand scheme of things. And, yes, we're going to have problems, but guess what? We'll work it out. So, y'all, just check it out. I'm proud of it. Very, very proud of the work that's been done by this company to develop this app for us. It's a big deal, and we are getting away from the fucking communist bullshit that goes on uh, on Facebook. Now, I'm still going to be on Facebook every day. Uh, I'm not going to forget where we came from, but the ultimate goal would be to get everybody away from that bullshit where they can't censor us anymore, and you get better stuff. So, but Patreon members, if you want to swap over and your subscribers, it doesn't matter. Contact Cindy, but she has plenty of instructions out there. But if you have a problem with the instructions and you can't follow through or you just want to fuck with it, email Cindy, let her take care of it for you, okay? So, but thank y'all. We're blessed in, 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 you know, every single day. I hope that everybody's doing well. Fall is almost upon us. And LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, if you are a lifer from Park City, Utah, and you want to be an organ donor, you don't you don't have to be from Louisiana. Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, LOPA. Go to lopa.org, fill out the two-minute two minute questionnaire to be an organ donor. Save lives, be a true hero. And I'm Woody Overton host a real life real crown the podcast until next time or ever don't let me catch you down on murder by you peace Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media.